Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you today? You know, I'm fine. I'm a little warm. I had a, um, a wardrobe change a couple couple times to get on, on here. And uh, just hang in there. It's like, a, it's like a real Monday for me. Like, I've been tired all day and I slept like three hours last night. Um, so naturally when you said you were going to be on later instead of napping, I watched the game because yeah, instead of napping. But well, to be fair, I was on later because I needed to take a nap because I was not a functioning person. Well, that's what I, I should have done. Yeah. I did not get three hours of sleep last night. Um, my watch was like, Oh, your sleep last night was excellent. And I was like, according to fucking who? Who did you sleep with last night? Mm. Um, I don't know what my I don't know what my penguin sleep coach was doing because it was not tracking me. I was a I I did not sleep as much as it said it I did. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no no news for me. Nothing nothing new. Nothing exciting. How are you? The look on your face <laughs> right now. Um. So if you listened to last Sunday's podcast. You will recall that it was yesterday (laughs) that it came out. Yeah. You will recall that I just wildly conjecturized at the end of the podcast without giving Courtney any warning that by the time you guys listened to that episode, I could potentially be engaged. And um, I was right. (laughs) So, yeah, I got engaged on Saturday. And it was beautiful. It was I, was, beautiful. I wasn't actually there, but like. But we did FaceTime you while we yeah. were still at the Botanical Garden. So. Yeah. I was FaceTimed and, and saw the pictures and whatnot. So. Yes. Yes. Um, basically, we FaceTimed his mom and his sister. And then we FaceTimed um, my parents. And then we called my principal. <laughs> um, the. We faced, we called my aunt who used to work with us, and then we FaceTimed Courtney. Like, that was the little order of people that we called. Oh, I beat uh, some of the family out. Yeah. Sorry, fam. Sorry, well, to be sorry. fair, to be fair, a lot of them I also just texted rather than called because I didn't want to deal with calling people. It's not the same. It's no. not the same. No. And when I called Jill, she didn't answer. I FaceTimed, and I called her on the phone, and I go, You didn't answer. She goes, I'm at the Sabres game. Why? I go, I'm going to video call you again. And she was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> yeah, so you, didn't, you didn't answer. That was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. I couldn't get my video to work at first because I was like on the phone with my aunts when you called me. And then I was trying to like answer it. It wouldn't like switch over. And so like it answered, but I couldn't see you. And I was like, I, I think I know what's happening, but I can't see anything. Like, but I figured it out. Um, but it was really sweet because he, we did it. We were in the Asian rainforest section of our botanical gardens here, which are beautiful. And they're one of my favorite places. And I love the Asian rainforest area. And um, there's a moon gate, which um, you guys definitely have heard me go off about how I feel about moon gates on this podcast. Um, and weirdly, the moon gate had a peacock on top of it, which has never been there before. Um, I didn't realize that. That's really funny. Um, but if you know me, you know that birds, especially peacocks and crows, are like a big thing for me. Um, Dan has said that he's not going to pretend to take credit and that he ordered them to put the peacock there. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there was also a velociraptor right next to Buddha, which I also just like felt spiritually connected to, which is a very odd thing to say out loud. Um, (laughs) but it's the only thing that makes sense. (laughs) Right. Um, and he was like, I wasn't going to be able to take you back to Thailand. So I thought I'd do the only thing I could think of. It's so sweet. It was adorable. I cried a lot. Um, the ring is perfect. Um, and I'm going to get married. It's weird. I was on the phone with Mon. I texted Monica a picture because she was she's on a cruise or was on a cruise this past week, so I didn't know if she'd like have her phone. So I just texted her a picture of the ring, and she texted me back, "Shut up, call me right now." <laughs> it's 
So I did. And I was like, I told her, I was like, I just didn't call because I didn't know about like your phone. She's like, no, we're on land right now. It's fine. And then we were like talking for a little bit. And then she was like, all right, well, I'll let you go get back to your fiance. And I was like, I love it. You're going to be so gross. I know. It's disgusting. I love it. So I'm, I'm doing great. I don't know how long this um, warm and fuzzy will last, though, because like I'm always going to be excited about being engaged. But also, I still work with shitty kids, so like eventually, <laughs> you'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of being warm and fuzzy, do you have a spiritual quote for us today? I do, and I just looked at 300, so I don't remember which one I picked, so let me pull it up. <laughs> you did. Ah, uh, yes. Quite some time. <laughs> it took forever. Everything was like, we've already done these, or they're like, too cliche, or whatever. And I'm like, nah, nah, that's no fun. So, I found this one, and I liked okay. it. When life brings big winds of change that almost blow you over, close your eyes, hold on tight, and believe. Lisa Lieberman Wang. I love it. Don't you? That's my. I see, it, was worth, it was worth the wait. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, you know what else was worth the wait? Not a started episode that was actually about space. It was about space, but um, it wasn't great in terms of storyline, um, or really anything. Um, and all the. Things it I also, thought would be exciting about it were not. It also wasn't awful. It was just... Yeah. It was just... It just existed. Yeah, it wasn't um, terrible, but it followed up my favorite episode of Stargate ever, and that was like a high bar. Um, to be fair, that is no one's favorite episode of Stargate except yours. So. Well, everyone <laughs> else is wrong. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know um, what to tell you. And you also didn't like Window of Opportunity that much, which is everyone's favorite sort of Stargate. So. Was that our um, intro to the replicators? No, that was the uh, time loop where Jack just kept saying funny things because he was stuck in a time loop. Or I didn't hate that. You didn't, you didn't like it as much as literally everyone else who's ever watched Stargate. Yes, that is fair. Um, this episode, Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 12, was called Tangent. Um, to be fair, I also think that's a terrible name for this episode. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry, my, my straw is not drinking. And so that's I'm devastating. Trying to figure out how to make it drink. Um, yeah, it was rated a terrible seven. name. Yeah, so. yeah. It was rated 7.7 7 stars. Um, which is, in fact, higher than last week. Um, Incorrect, but fine. Fine. Um, it premiered Friday, September 15th, 2000. Um, we have the same number one book and the same number one movie. But the number one song was the first time that it's been a song in 2000 that I did actually know. So that was exciting. Because we've had a lot of songs that like I know vaguely, but I don't know mm. them. Yeah. Um, like I've known all the artists, but I haven't really known right. the songs. Um, the number one song this week was "Music" by Madonna. That was like my favorite song. <laughs> um, I distinctly remember enjoying that song, and then the next time Madonna had a big hit after that, literally saying out loud, "Okay, girl, you're old, get over it." What was what was the one after that? Was it like a dancey one? I feel like it was a dancey one. Like it was. Um, was that when she did four minutes with Justin Timberlake? Because that was no, that was farther out. That was farther. Okay, out. that would no, that was the one that I for sure was not a fan of. I was like, okay, I we've had enough of you. I'll you jam can... to it now, but it took me what ten years to be able to jam to it. Like I hated yeah, it for the longest yeah. time. So. Um, music, on the other hand, I did really enjoy. Real banger, real banger. <clears throat> yeah. Um. The only information I have about that day, I saved it to be the only one because it confused me. <laughs> um, because in your memory, that it's not a good place to be. It's not, but <laughs> when 
are the Olympics? Like, in general. Like, like winter and summer? Yeah. So, like, winter Olympics are in what months? Like, December, January? January-ish, yeah. I think it's Maybe think it's some, feb- like, some February. I was going to say January, early Feb, um, I think. Yeah. Like a six-week January, February time period. Yeah. Great. And summer Olympics? Yeah, probably, like, a June, maybe a July. Yeah, like July and August. July and August are usually on um, what July I, what I okay. think. Yeah, of, that tracks. Yeah. That tracks. Um, September 15th, 2000 was the opening day of the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, That's not Australia. summer anymore. Correct. You have you. one more I, week, uh, and then it's not I, summer anymore. Thank you. I was baffled. What year is this? Is it 2000? Yeah. So it's not like we're like, well, no, that 9-11 happened after the Olympics would have. Yeah. So like. Because we were put off for COVID, so we were, like, at a weird time. Right. What, but, like, so what, we didn't have a pandemic in 2000. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, uh, we're all on the same page of confused, right? Why were yeah. the Summer Olympics... Not in summer? It's so late in 2000. I mean, maybe uh, they, like, uh, didn't <clears throat> plan to have them because they thought the world was um, ending. I think I had this thought when I wrote the note and then promptly ignored that note um, <laughs> um, because Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere, which means that Oh, July they were in Australia that year? Is, yeah, in Sydney, which means that July is the oh, dead middle of winter for yes. them. So they pushed it back so that it would be comparable weather. That makes that makes sense. I don't realize, I don't I don't ever know what year anything is. So no, but I said I wrote 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia, and then I promptly was like, "That's weird." And then I go, "Maybe it's because the Southern Hemisphere." But then I didn't write that. I just left the note as it was and was still You're like, "Absolutely not. That's not in my brain anymore." Yeah, but I looked it up and it was like Southern Hemisphere adjustment for the seasons, and I go, "Right." Yeah, no, that oh, makes that makes oh. all of the sense in the world. Why would you have? I mean, I guess you have to have an Olympic in Australia at some point. So, like, right, wrong at one of the points, but like, exactly. And it's probably it's easier to do this that year. <laughs> well, you know, like every four years or whatever. I don't know. Every two years we have Olympics. I feel like the summer Olympic sports would be very upset if we just said, eh, "Fuck you this year." Look. I'm and ready to, to cancel summer. So, like, and to be fa- but to be fair, <laughs> gymnastics and swimming are some of the best Olympic sports to watch. Put those inside. Those are inside. Things. Yeah. So we just like don't have beach volleyball. Like what? Just have regular volleyball. It sucks in the sand, anyways. You can't move. Although we were, me and Brian were arguing about this, and by arguing, we weren't arguing about this at work the other day and he's like a, a hardcore like diver of sports so he plays baseball and dives and so he was like i like beach volleyball way better because you can dive and i was like i like indoor volleyball way better because you can move on the court yeah. and we disagreed um, so i'm we can throw out beach volleyball that's fine i don't like volleyball at all because it requires me to want a ball to come near me and i don't Oh, I, I played, I told you I played intramural in college. Did we yeah. talk about this? Okay. Yeah, we did. So I played intramural with the um, the band team. I don't know if that yeah. was, if it was always the band team, but it was a lot of the band people for a few years. Yeah. No, yeah, you did. Because you said that you did that. And I said that I just was a groupie for the volleyball team, which interestingly, the guy that I was the most obsessed with, who was a senior when I was a freshman, who like I wanted to marry because he was hot and played volleyball. He just got inducted into our college's Hall of Sports Hall of Fame this year. That's for him. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um and he literally, even at the time, like, was, like, so nice about rejecting me and, like, wanted to be my friend. He was, like, a really nice guy. Um, I got a concussion. <clears throat> oh, that's... One of the guys on my volleyball team. I mean, we got yeah. him well. It was, he's just, like, eight foot tall, and I'm not... He felt bad later, but... Yeah. Um, my experience with guys on the volleyball team. <laughs> very different. Very different. <laughs> Um, this episode was directed by Peter DeLuise, and it was edited by Alan Lee, but we do have a new writer. Ooh. 
It was written by it was written by Michael Cassett. Um, he's known more for producing than writing uh, in terms of TV. Um, he's known for Z Nation um, and Stargate, um, but he's also written for a ton of other sci-fi shows like Andromeda, Twilight Zone, um, Sequest 2032, and Farscape. New Twilight Zone or old Twilight Zone? Old. Um, but he's also more well-known for writing outside of TV um, as... Um, uh, he wrote um, sci-fi fa- and fantasy novels and short stories, and he's written, like, a ton of short stories. Michael Cassett? Is that you said? Yeah, Cassett, C-A-S-S-U-T-T. Um, like at one point, he worked as an ABC network executive, which is why he was in, had a hand in a lot of the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he's written four or five nonfiction books all about space. Like... This man has literally made his career telling people what space is like. Um, That's what I'm going to do. Is it too late to do that? Can I do that now? uh, No, I think you could totally do it. Um, Unfortunately, um, when we get to the end and we talk about some trivia, I will tell you some things that he got very wrong about space. That's okay. But, like... Totally fine. I will I will intend to get things wrong about space. Mm. I want to confuse everyone. Okay. Like I'm not gonna do something like stupid like lie about the moon landing. But right. like I'll like I'll tell the truth about things that happened, but I'm gonna add a lot more too. Yeah. Yeah. I like okay. it. Um the guest star that I'm gonna talk about it was in the episode for about five minutes. Um, but that's because um, Major Davis and Jacob and Apophis have all already been talked about and there was literally no one else in this episode. Um, so the guest star that we're talking about is the man who played Lieutenant General Vidrine because he was literally the only other person in the episode. Yep. Um, he is known for Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Um, oh. Blue- Blues Brothers, The X-Files, and It. The 2017 movie. Um, this guy's like um, right up my alley. He was what in five episodes of Lock. Um, a lot of cops. Mm. Okay. Um, he was in five episodes of Lock and Key. <gasps> I love Lock and Key. I know you do. Um, I couldn't find a ton of information about him, but he has two daughters, and a, his trademark is his mustache. And. It is a very nice mustache. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was wondering if you were going to know him because that list of things that he's been in are all super, super you. Um, so he looked familiar, but I just thought I had seen him maybe on like a different episode of Stargate already. I couldn't like place him. No, this would definitely be his first episode of Stargate. Um, but also it is hard to place because this uh, this was, what, 23 years ago, and if you've seen him in much more recent things, he probably looks like he was already like in his 40s or 50s 23 years ago. He's probably playing an old man in things now. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so that is not necessarily why like he's not necessarily recognizable in that sense mm-hmm. um so um we start this episode on an airplane runway with daniel sam and jack waiting for teal to come back and we have no idea from where no um and then a truck carrying general hammond and lieutenant general the drain show up and it's like a fancy fancy military truck um Um, my next note says Vidrain tries to compliment them. Jack makes a joke and it doesn't land. Doesn't land. Which um, has is probably what you can say about Jack most consistently for this entire episode. Every time he tries to make a joke, it does not work. Doesn't land. Yeah. Um, um, then Teal'c flies in on a spaceship and blows all of the car windows out. Such a strange start to the episode. It, it was. It was baffling. Um, they ask him to... Oh, they ask him to... 
do another flyby slower so that they can actually take a look at this ship. Um, and it turns out that it is a hybrid aircraft designed using two captured death gliders. Um, and it has the ability to potentially attack a Gaul ship. Um, the jury asks how it flies, and Sam starts to explain the science, and he just says, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it flies. It um, flies, that's all I need to know. Yeah. And then the credits come. <clears throat> so, already one of the most confusing. Confusing. I think this might have been more confusing than any alternate universe or time jump episode um, in terms of starts, because what yeah. the fuck? Because, like, this is just normal day starting, <laughs> and nothing about it is normally what we see, so. Yeah. Um, so then, after the credits, uh, Vajrain asks Teal'c how the ship flies, and asks, oh, like, in a, is it good or bad? Like, how how did it feel? Not, mm -hmm. like, a science-y. And, right. then asks, and then asks what is next in determining if this would actually, like, stand up against the goal of worship. And, ooh, sorry. Um, Jack says he needs to take the second seat so that they go can go for an air-to-air -air live fire test. And the rest of the team heads back to SGC to act as a mission control. Um, Jack and Teal take the ship out to practice. Um, and suddenly they start overshooting the target and Teal says that the craft is no longer in his control. They also can't eject or use communications. Yep. And that's it. That's the rest um, of uh, <laughs> um, Major Davis immediately calls NASA to get deep space tracking on their ship on the craft. Um, and they try to find it. Um, and Jack and Teal are heading rapidly into space. Um, when they finally stop accelerating, not flying, but accelerating, and their entire drive shuts down. All of this is very concerning. Um, yeah, it's <clears throat> then when Teal tries to restart it, Apophis's voice just comes out of the ship and is like, haha, fuck you. Yeah. And I have to say, I'm so annoyed. Like, here's Apophis's voice. Oh my gosh, we haven't heard of him forever. This is insane. And then that's it. For now. Yeah, but like, I want I mean, something grander here. Well, like, you brought him back after all this time. I'm hoping that like, there's like a fight in the solar system. Or like, at the, you land on the planet well, he's at and he tries to kill you. Like, no. Well, we're not there yet. I know. Um, but Papa says that the gold parts of the ship are going are set to return to him, and that da Jack and Teal will now die in the cold of space, which to me seems like the most awful way to die. Mm -hmm. It's not I great. No, I don't. I don't actually know what the most awful way to die would be. Torture? Uh, yeah. Like, if you were tortured by all of the ways to, so like, they freeze off yeah. your arm. Yeah. And they burn off your leg. Like, that's true. Sounds, like, I mean, this is a hard yeah. podcast, but, like... No, medi medieval torture definitely probably, like, yeah. would be the worst. Yeah, because it'd be, like, super yeah. painful. And I mean, like, I'm sure, like, you know, even when you get too cold, like, as a person, and there's, your body's not actually dying, sometimes it hurts. And, like, if you get too hot, your body sometimes That's, hurts. But, like... Yeah. So, like, the extremes would be bad, but, like, combined with media will torture, and it just seems like the worst of the worst. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think a rack might be good for my back, though. It'd be. till you die. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> the SGC and NASA still can't get a hold of the ship, and so they're reaching out to all of their allies capable of spaceflight. Um, the drain is going to go back to the Pentagon to see what help he can get there. 
Um, and Sam has a crazy idea that is like fragile at best, but George <laughs> tells her, try whatever you can. Mm-hmm. So she gets contact with them finally, but there is a delay in the contact because of how far away they are. Um, at least they figured out very quickly. Yes. Like it's not um, like they're like overlapping each other constantly. Right. Which I think Jack probably would have been if he had more energy to just keep shouting on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. <laughs> um, Jack asks Teal'c how they're doing on supplies and he says they have power and life support for several days, but it will take several hundred years to reach Apophis' homeworld. Super unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Um, Jack says that he's going to try to do the math on that one. But the, the math ain't mathin'. Um, um, and so Tilk feels, like, super responsible for this and is being, like, pouty. And Jack is not having it. Yeah. <clears throat> and they finally hear the comms go through and Jack tells them everything about the ship and Apophis and what is happening in one fell swoop, which like credit to Jack, because if he would have tried to keep having like a conversation before telling them this, who knows how long it would have been before they figured it out. But he just was like, all right, here's the lowdown. Everything is wrong. And we're about to die. Right. (laughs) Um, So then Sam responds and explains the time like to Jack. And um, when Sam gets the message back about Apophis and finds out that Jack and Teal have like no control of the vehicle, she panics because um, the plan that she had required them to have at least some kind of maneuverability of the ship. Yeah. Um, so then Jack, because he's MacGyver, um, reaches back out and is like, bombs. I got this. Um, And he asks if there's any chance they can blow up the missiles without releasing them from the ship so that they can act as boosters. Which, to be fair, probably the best idea Jack has ever had. Ever. Yeah. No, when he was doing this, I was like, oh, you do have a brain inside of your head. Almost dead. Yeah, it almost felt wrong that Jack was the one who had that idea. But that idea, mm-hmm. the reason it isn't wrong is because that idea is very much not science. That is all, like, yeah. military aircraft. And he is a colonel for a reason. Right. So, right. um, uh, so it was like, yeah, we're in a spaceship. It, things don't work exactly the same, but, like, a, a booster in the plane will change the direction it goes. So that is something I do know how to do. So that was that was nice. Um, but then they, um, um, at FGC, they uh, agree that the plan might work, but Jack will have to execute it exactly perfectly because if they do it too soon, or no, too late, they will miss Jupiter's orbit, orbit altogether. And if they do it too soon... Um, they will just crash into Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neither of those is a good option. I mean, I haven't been to Jupiter, but... But the, all would... the boys go there to get more stupider, and so I don't think I right. want to go there. So that's not the place to crash. No. No, and we d- I don't think we need Jack any stupider, so... Bless his heart. It's not ideal. But... Um, Major Davis comes on the radio and, like, very rapidly explains to them what they're going to have to do. I'm so surprised that they were able to follow these directions because I understood none of the words he said. I was um, so involved in this episode for someone who, like, I feel like he hasn't been, like, this. Like, he's been involved. Yeah, but this but is like, in charge. To be fair, I forgot he was alive Um, because I... F- in the episode where um, they had that weird, um, basically, like, brain programming stuck in their head and um, Martooth died, mm-hmm. Major Davis was the first one that tried to kill somebody and they shot him 
to like right. get him to stop. Um, and he didn't actually die. They just shot to injure, not shot to kill so that they could figure out what was going on. Um, right. But I forgot and just assumed he was dead from that episode. Sure. So when he was on the runway with them, I was like, are you alive? Yeah. He else just who got brain taken over, like died. They like, killed themselves when they couldn't complete their mission. Right. Everyone else but, did. Ugh, yeah. Everyone else is dead except for him. I don't know how they we survived like that. Hang on to him because he's their like go to. We need another character here that we've already used. Yeah, we don't we don't want to bother introducing someone, but we need someone who at least has um enough background development that we can explain why they know more than they really ever actively should. Right. Um, so Major Davis can't be dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's how that went down. Um, but they do it. Um, they get it. They everything's great. The they start to turn, um, but then the weapons disengage and come flying back at the ship. Um, and then we don't see them. So, like again, that's one of those moments where you're like, did they just fucking kill these characters in the middle of a show unceremoniously? But no, that would be crazy. I've seen crazier things. Um, I don't think this show is long enough <laughs> that it should be well written enough that it wouldn't do that. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I truly think the biggest reason they couldn't die is because it wasn't one of the main like three or four writers. Like mm -hmm. they wouldn't give a rando his first episode killing one of those characters. Like that would be rude. Yeah. Um. Sam checks the computer, and it appears that the slingshot didn't work, and they are still on the course, and she gives them the news that they are headed out of the solar system toward the Oort cloud. Uh, they, uh... But don't panic, because everyone on Earth is still trying to come up with a solution. Yeah. Mm, you know. Um... Davis, Jackson, Hammond, and Carter are all having a, like team meeting trying to figure out what is happening and they're discussing the best possible course of action to attempt to save O'Neill and Teal'c and they're like going through like should we focus on preserving life should we focus on like turning the ship around like what are we gonna do and Jackson's like well Jackson I, I don't know why I suddenly started calling everybody by their last names um Daniel is like well I reached out to um the Tolan and they don't have anyone Close and they have no ships close enough at this current moment to do anything. The Tokra do have one, but I talked to Anise personally, um, and she told them that they have an operative, but they aren't willing to compromise, and they're within a day of Earth, so that hopefully they'll be able to finish their um, mission and then do the rescue. And um, Daniel is like, yeah, I got kind of pissy when she did that because I'm so goddamn sick of Anise and her fucking bullshit yeah um and and he goes but she told me she was doing me a favor and sam goes i think she was though <laughs> yeah um, and it's the first time we've like seen him get like mad mad because he doesn't like, he, he can't do anything he gets but he, frustrated but he doesn't daniel's problem is that um as much as he is a man of like words rather than action he isn't really a sit on your hands and twiddle your thumbs kind of person and he usually has a better idea and if he doesn't he just trusts that jack's brashness will do the right thing yeah and now he doesn't have an idea he doesn't have help and he doesn't have jack so like he yeah. what is he supposed to do just lose his mind and also like anise is particularly annoying to him like, I know Jack and Anise butt heads, but the, like, I'm going to tell you everything in as vague a way as possible because I can't actually tell you because the High Council won't let me tell you, but also I want to tell you because I want to be helpful. And, um, I, but I also am going to tell you in a cryptic ass way that I think that you can understand, but then you can't understand it. And now we're in a fight like that. Daniel, that's how I feel like my boss talks to me sometimes. 
we had today this is off topic i've been asking her about the same thing for like six months yeah she told me to sit on it until she wanted to talk about it yeah and i she was responding to a lot of my stuff today so i sent it to her and she was like oh no this is what i was talking about i was talking about something else so i could have done this six months ago and i have to all of it at one time (laughs) and that's how i feel so like she's the same as anise i get it i get it daniel get it but sam understands that rigmarole a little bit better than um daniel does and she's like okay so we know that they have an operative who is on a gold known planet that is within a day of earth so we just need to look at the map and find what gold homeworlds are within a day of earth based on the speed that a tokra ship flies because we also have that information science is always the answer yes um except when it's magic correct um then we go back to teal and jack who are beginning to shut all of their systems down and they're probably going to need to shut down the radio too um but then they find out the news that um we do maybe have someone helping with from the chokra um so sam figures out which planet to go to and they head out and then if you want to ever just cry for a minute just listen to hammond's radio message to jack about not like just like being chill and not being antsy and waiting and like trying to like get through it um because that was heartbreaking um, yeah, I feel like Hammond gave up way before anybody else did and was I, just like... I don't know that Hammond gave up. I just don't think that Hammond was willing to... I think Hammond thought, figured that if things were going to go badly, he wasn't going to pretend to not care about Jack as much as he does. Like, yeah. Jack is like another son to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Um, He says that they will probably be rescued in about 24 hours. Um, Tilk says... Yeah, we only have about 12 hours worth of oxygen. And once again, Jack goes, all right, let me do the math on that one. Um, Sam and Daniel get to the planet, and they're starting to look around to find their Kokra friend, but then they get captured. Like fucking idiots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But the person they got captured by, luckily, was Jacob. Yay! And, I did like seeing Jacob again. Yes. He yells at them and very fatherly yells at um, Sam and is like, give me one good reason why you ruined this mission and wasted your time and almost risked your life to come here and find me. And she goes, Jack and Tilka are in trouble. And he goes, that's a good, that's good enough. <laughs> that's a good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, all right. He gave, I asked for a good reason. He gave me a good reason. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Um, so they... They leave. Oh, they leave, about, but back on Earth, um, Major Davis um, tells how General Hammond that they've done the calculations and um, they will not get there in time to rescue Jack and Tilk. Yeah. Um, and Jack and Tilk start getting like really cold because they don't have any power on in the ship. And um, Tilk says that he's going to go into a deep Kelmo rain so that he doesn't have to breathe as much oxygen so that Jack has a better chance of survival. And Jack Jack was like, who am I supposed to talk to? (laughs) You shouldn't be talking. That wastes your air oxygen levels. Uh, But also I get it. And then Tilk says his goodbyes and they are so heartbreaking. And he's like, do you have anything else to say? And Jack's like, how am I supposed to follow that? Yeah. He's like, no, no. He's like, oh, back at you. Um, and then we go back to the Tokra ship where uh, Jacob, where it, the ship is in hyperspace, but it's like wobbling. And um, Jacob says that they're going at 132% of their capacity of speed just to try to get there in time. I was like, oh no, that doesn't sound good. 
But also, if 100% is 24 hours, um, you need to go at least 150%. Well, yeah, what would 132%, what would that be? Like 16, I mean, like 18 hours? Yeah, so I need my calculator. I would need to multiply 132 by 24 and then divide by 100. Nope, that it can't be right. No, because then I got 32. So 132 times 24. No, 132 divided by 24. Yeah. No. <laughs> we are so good at math. 100 divided by 32. No. I don't know what the math on that would be. I don't know how to do speed rates. Um, I thought I was doing something really intelligent with fractions, and I realized I was all the fucking way wrong. So, um... I don't teach math for a reason, uh, but somehow I think 132% is not, is still not mathematically correct. You do, oh, oh, you do 100% divided by 24. Um, okay, so 100 divided by 24 is like four hours at a percent. So then times, uh, no. So then you add like, a quarter of that back. So 100 divided by 24. So you take four hours off. So it'd be like 24 minus. So it'd be like 20 hours. 19 and a half. Something. Yeah. I'm going to ask a math teacher how I would figure that. Do that and then tell him I said 19 and I'm, I'm right. Okay. Um, so, um, the problem is, I don't know what the speed is. Like, percentage doesn't mean anything. Because we, we, the problem is, we don't know the speed or the distance. We just know a percentage and a time. I don't feel it. Okay. <laughs> 19 hours. Just trust. Okay. Um, <laughs> Daniel wants to just um, beam them up and then we get a really funny Star Trek joke because Jacob is like, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? That's the only thing I know from Star Trek. Scotty? Mm-hmm. Scotty was in the last episode of Strange New Worlds and it was Anyway, um, um, Daniel, oh no, I said that. Jack radios that he's running out of air and then passes out. So like things are getting dire. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Jacob again pulls the dad card and yells at Sam for thinking that they could retrofit a death glider in the first place and that um, she she has no business using technology she doesn't understand, which she is very offended by. But also he's correct. Yeah. But kind of. Like, she's like, all of the technology you guys have, you stole from other people anyway. So, like, what's any difference between that and this? And he's like, the ability to know how to use it is the difference. Right. So, like, while she's not wrong logically, she's not taking into account all of logic. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, and he's like, take a baby step. Like, use a piece of an engine. Like, figure something out. But you can't retrofit the entire Death Fighter when you don't fucking understand the technology. Yeah. That would be like somebody who's never seen an iPhone like before taking it and creating their whole new like mobile network device. Yeah. Um, then the ship starts to fall apart and they drop out of hyperspace um, right into a pocket full of gold motherships. 
Yeah, good time. <clears throat> and Jacob, with probably the second dumbest decision anyone has ever made, um, leaves Daniel alone to communicate with the gold. This part I was like, are you kidding me right now? This is um, this is our choice now. So the problem is that everyone else is like, oh, linguist, languages, you can do that. You and I are like, Daniel never fucking knows what he's doing. Don't do that. Um, yeah. And um, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob and Sam go to repair the ship and leave Daniel alone. We flash back to SGC really quick, just so Hammond um, and Davis get Jack's message finally, but they don't reply because they don't have anything else to say to him, and it's too sad. Um, back in space, the Google World reach out to the ship, and Daniel responds that he is the great and powerful Oz. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, no, this is... This is why you can't leave Daniel to his own devices. Like, sure, he knows the Garwold dialect. That's important. That's good. But you got to tell him what to say if you, like, are going to leave him. Yeah. So, while I don't know that I would have come up with anything better, Mm -hmm. I also don't think I could, that I would have come up with anything worse. Because that has got to be. Um, because then, of course, the gold attack. Because uh, yeah, as, as they should. As they yeah. should. Because that was idiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, after three hours, Hammond is preparing to send his final goodbye message to Jack, which is about to be utterly heartbreaking. But then Sam radios in that they are in the solar system and ready for retrieval. Um, so the ship gets up to, um, the death glider and Sam is yelling on the radio channels to get a hold of Jack to wake him up. And then he finally does, but he's suffering from anoxia. So he like thinks he's hallucinating. He's like making absolutely no sense. Um, and she's like, she's like, no, but you need to wake up Teal. Um, and he (laughs) does by throwing a penny at Teal's head. Uh, um, and Teal'c, who was not oxygen-deprived, is able to communicate and understand with Sam a little bit better. And Jacob yeah. and Sam explain the plan. And the plan is to literally drop themselves into space. And hope for the best. Now, thank God it worked. Yes. Also, with this whole season four love story that is happening, if Sam had been like, I need you to drop yourself out of the spaceship and hope for the best, and her dad had missed. She would have killed herself immediately. She would have thrown herself out the window after him. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Everyone would have died in space. Yeah. Except for Jacob, because the his Tokra host would have taken over to stop him from doing that. Sure. Sure. And Daniel, because I don't think he has a heart. Yeah, he uh, he's not in love with any of them or trying to marry them. So he would have made it through. He would not have made any of the I right mean, if there was before, if there was another been. random girl on the spaceship, he would have been that in love never with them. Before. Yeah. Yeah, then... But luckily, none of the random characters we've never met before were women, so Daniel's exactly. safe. Yeah. Um, so then Jack and Teal push off and out of the glider, and they get on board through the rings. Um, they call SGC and let them know, and when SGC gets the message, they throw a little party and throw all their papers in the air. And then I think, God, I hope you didn't need any of those, because you're going to have a fucking hard time putting them back together. Every time I see an office party where people throw papers in the air, that's all I think. Oh, my God. Every time the cleaning lady stacks mm-hmm. my papers together, I panic. Yeah. And all I have to do is, like, figure out where the, like, stack line is and unstack them. But, like, it throws off my whole day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I had to leave notes so that they wouldn't do that because they were just stacking all my papers together. But I appreciate you thinking that I need you, you, you to clean my desk, and I love that. I love that for you, but don't. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I do want in my life maybe so. Quick interlude. I might be taking the bar again coming up. So after I do that, I will have lots of papers and I will just throw them in the air because I I always want to do that. But again, in reality, it does not work. So right, I need to yeah. do something that I'm not gonna look at ever again. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I do have some trivia for this episode. Yay! Um, in fact, I have a decent amount of trivia for this episode. Some of them um, are things that are not even, this doesn't even say, like, connections on this app of, like, connections to other stories or, like, mentions of anything. But, um, obviously, there was a Star Trek quote in it. So, um, sure. A couple of... Quite a few things. There are eight things listed as goofs. Um, It is stated that the death glider was traveling at one million miles per hour. Um, And even if Jupiter was at its absolute closest to Earth, it would take 15 days for it to get there if traveling in an exact straight line. Um, Yeah. I'm not going to read that one yet because there's other issues. Oh, um, in the beginning, Teal'c says that he is, um, that if they need to look for him southwest or turn southwest and they do, but then he comes straight up a runway and there are absolute, or, and the runway is listed as number as 18 and all airline runways are demarked by the degrees they are. So runway 18 would um be 180 degrees from the air tower which means it would be facing due south not southwest (laughs) so that is incorrect um um, the orb cloud um if they were leaving a jupiter is actually going to be 21 years away not a few months they have no concept of space travel sure i mean neither we so it's okay (sighs) yeah um, and speaking of having no concept of straight space travel, the one thing that um, is actually so incorrect that if they did it correctly, it would destroy the entire episode is that um, the lag for space is worse the farther out you are. They say that there's a three-minute delay. The most likely place in space to have a three-minute delay is Mars. If you have made it all the way to Jupiter, the minimum radio delay would be 40 minutes. That's too many minutes when you only have 12 Um, hours to live. Correct. Um, So if they were scientifically accurate about the radio delay in this episode, um, Jack and Tilk would be dead and the show would be over. Mm -hmm. So... Um, they also then randomly, after passing Jupiter, show a close-up of them passing a, a star. And in our galaxy, the only star that you would be able to see that brightly or deeply is the sun. And mm-hmm. they are traveling in the opposite direction. Um, so, also, they do everything in Zulu time. Which Zulu time is an actual time that is mm-hmm. used by pilots and things who are traversing multiple time zones. So like aircrafts and space would use it to make sure that everyone is synced to the same time zone or like the same time. The problem is there is no scientific reason for them to be using Zulu because all of their watches are already synced to the same time zone. They're all coming at it from mountain time. And that means that they're wasting time to translate, the, to calculate the time difference. No, that's too much. Ja- Jack is suffering from anoxia and oxygen deprivation and is wasting yeah. time translating 
the time zone. So um, while the episode wasn't awful, it also wasn't good. And all of the science in the episode was incorrect. So it's definitely not my favorite episode. Um, I don't want to just, but um, while we're here, I guess the question is, um, who do you want to punch? I would like to punch Daniel Jackson for just being a moron. I wanted to punch Papa so he didn't show up, so... That's the fair. Uh, um, I think I would like to punch um, I guess Sam purely um, for A risking her life for jack again which as a viewer i love um as a human i think that that's a bad um military decision yeah um also for making him use zulu time for no reason and for oh because the one other trivia or goof is that if this were to have happened teal and Jack would have needed immediate severe medical care after being exposed to space. Like she was like, that was the other science that was some bullshit. Yeah. She was like, it'll be fine if it's only for a few seconds. The fuck it will. That's not how it works. Yeah. No. That's yeah. <clears throat> when so, I knew. That when I knew. Yeah. So the fact that the scientists of the episode has gotten every scientific fact wrong, which may not be her fault because um it is fiction <laughs> and it is fiction and someone else did write it. Um I have to punch her. Fair. Um, who is your MVP? You know, gonna be Tilk. Maybe it should be Jack, but it's gonna be Tilk because he kept up with everything. He knew exactly what they needed, and he put himself in countering to protect Jack and make sure he had more of a chance to live. Um. Surprisingly, I, I mean, not surprisingly, I also would have picked Tilk, but surprisingly, my backup is not going to be Jack. Oh, okay. Um, my backup is, weirdly enough, going to be Major Davis. Because okay. um, he, this is not his team. He is not as the same kind of emotionally invested in saving them that Sam and Daniel are. So he... Um, is a little more rational, but he also doesn't give up. He, like, is yeah. fully invested in this rescue mission and doing everything that General Hammond needs him to do and being the most level-headed of all of them, but without, and 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 doing it with a level head, which the, none of the rest of them are, including General yeah. Hammond. Right. Um. So, and that Major Davis is my MVP. Fair. Um, do you have any other thoughts, theories, comments, questions, concerns? You know, I assume we'll see a pop <clears throat> soon enough since we got like two and a half seconds of him today. Um, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise it's, it's about time for Daniel to fall in love again. So could be around the corner. Um, I don't know. That's, I mean, you know, not a lot of, uh, not a lot to go on there. So this is just pure conjecture. Um, I will just tell you that one of those theories might be correct. I won't tell you which one and I won't tell you how much of it. It's all of them. (laughs) Um, but yeah. If you have any thoughts, do you theories, have any hints for next week, or was that, that your hint? For- that is my hint. That one okay. of your theories gotcha. is correct. Yeah. Um, if you, my lovely DNA fam, have any thoughts, theories, con- concerns, questions, whatever. If you uh, want to talk to Courtney about taking the bar exam or how hot it is, if you or if you want to talk to me about wedding planning. 
Or how hot it is. (laughs) Or how hot it is. Um, (laughs) You can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can follow us on all of the social media at deathandaliens. You can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at C-E-Cloud 13. And with that, we will see you all on Thursday for a Thriller Thursday episode where we get into Season 2 of The Exorcist. It's going to be a fun one. It sure is. All right. Goodbye. Bye.